I think Ireland's one of the best places in the world for connecting with people, whether it's on the street, in a shop, or certainly in the pubs. Joining us now for a genuine taste of the Irish gift for rewarding conversation is my longtime Irish tour guiding friend Stephen McPhillamy. He lives in the north, in Derry, and from County Cork, deep in the south of Ireland, Liam O'Reardon joins us. He's a singer of traditional Irish ballads. They're here to help us define what the crack, that's spelled C-R-A-I-C, is all about in Ireland. Liam and Stephen, welcome. Great to be here, Rick. Thank you. Is it uh, Guinness or Murphy's, Liam? Definitely Murphy's, Rick. Um, I I just thought when you order a beer in Ireland, it comes Guinness. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But you live in a disadvantaged part of the deep deep south, and uh, you don't get the Guinness. Guinness is brewed in Dublin. And I'm led to believe that it has one chemical which they use to break down the yeast because it makes, they, they have to brew so much. Murphy's is brewed in Cork, where I come from. It doesn't have any chemicals. <laughs> okay. And it's the only city in Cork that I know that brews two stouts. It brews Murphy's stout and Beamish stout. Beamish. 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 Okay, now mm-hmm. a stout. So Guinness is a stout. Mm-hmm. It's the dark beer where you can draw Strong. a shamrock on the head and it's still there mm-hmm. three minutes later. Mm-hmm. We're not uh, drinking Guinness here, but we are drinking a nice beer. Let's say uh, Schlancha. Schlancha. And Guinness is drunk all over Ireland. Like Stout's very popular up the north, but we don't really have much Murphy's. In Northern Ireland, where I live, Murphy's, we don't drink it at all, really. I mean, people in Northern Ireland have suffered enough. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. You got a corkman here. Did you understand what he said, Rick? I didn't know what was Because that ex- accent is very peculiar. It's not, it's not Irish at all, I think. Corkman, a cork. <laughs> I've heard that um, County Cork is a is like a, a frame of mind, or what is it about a state of mind? What's what's Cork to you? Lee? Well, there was a, a T-shirt produced recently. It said, "Irish by birth, Cork by the grace of God." Oh, isn't that nice? So like, you know, Stephen, it's just, and the rest of us are all in the background, almost thrown up when we hear all this stuff. We we do admire the Cork men like for their pride. There's no doubt about that. And Michael Collins came from Cork. Michael right? Collins. Mm-hmm. Came I mean, from he's Cork. sort of the great, the patriotic he's rebel. Them, yeah. Well, he's but not, well, not not all the country think Collins is great. That you know, half the country wouldn't wouldn't have thought okay, that so. Collins was a hero. Uh, but we do admire the Cork men. But everybody loves to beat them and and poke fun at them. But they're they're definitely great fun. I remember meeting a Cork businessman once, and I said, "You're a businessman in Cork." He said, "I'm not a businessman. I'm a merchant prince." <laughs> yep. Is that not the worst attempt at a Cork accent? I was going to say, I, not, I think when Stephen does an Irish accent, he does, as an Irishman, he does a Cork accent, don't you? I think I do a Cork accent. He doesn't think I do it right. <laughs> I, I met I met a Cork man once. We were talking about the Cork soccer player, Roy Keane, who plays in midfield. I said, he's a great midfielder. He said, he's not a midfielder. He's a midfield general. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's delusions of grandeur there. Uh, but I have to say, in fairness, most of our great patriots and sports teams have all come from Cork and in Ireland, if you're good at Gaelic football, you're usually useless at hurling. And if you're good at hurling, you're usually useless at Gaelic football, you know, your county. Now, hurling, and, a lot of Americans might think that's barfing. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's our <laughs> native uh, ancient sport played with sticks and a ball, not throwing up or, you know. Because no. when we <laughs> think hurling, no, but we should know that when you go to, how would you describe hurling, the, the sport? Well, uh, first yeah. of all, it's the fastest field sport in I know. the world. It seems to me, world. I always say it's, it's like airborne hockey with no and, entry um, timeouts. I'm one of the fortunates to come from Cork, we're, we're, we're both good at hurling, which is our game, and foot and Gaelic football. Hurling is, um, the instruments that use are made of ash, it's like a flat baseball bat, I mm-hmm. would address it as. Usually the length differs and the height of the guy. Oh, it's hard to describe, I suppose it's from time to time people describe it as the cross, 
But I'm sure a lot of the Irish hurlers would prefer to be playing lacrosse sometimes because it wouldn't be as physical or bloodthirsty. You know, I, I don't I don't know the rules particularly, but it seems to me it's like, you could call it like airborne, like hockey, where you throw the puck. Yes. Yeah. Well, you can't throw it. You have to hit it with the hurley. Muhammad Ali watched the final once and our Prime Minister turned to him and said, would you like to be out there with the stick, Muhammad? And he said, I'd hate to be out there without one. <laughs> well, that's, so that's, that's how fierce he, a great warrior like him, found no, the game. If you get a chance to see a hurling match while in Ireland, I would highly recommend it. We're talking about uh, just that conviviality of Ireland. And, you know, y- you can go into a pub, and when you go to a pub, you don't have to have a, a theme or a reason. You just go there and you know you're going to get into some good conversation. Do you sit at the bar if you want to connect with people more, or what's your tip? Well, I would generally sit at the bar. I've never been to a pub in anywhere in Ireland that if I sat at the bar, somebody didn't say hello or how are you or where you came from. And then if you say Cork, you've got something to talk about. Oh, probably... Well, if I say, if it was outside of Cork, I have to defend myself from the beginning, right. verbally, no, yeah. not physically, <laughs> verbally defend myself because some people don't um, Australians and New Zealanders have the same kind of thing exactly. going on. It's, it's like the Aussies and the Kiwis. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. the Kerry people? Because that's a big, powerful county in the south, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're his arch rivals. The, the, <laughs> the Cork men don't like the Kerry men and vice versa. They had the greatest team ever, Gaelic football. They've won, I think, on average every three years since the game was created in the, in the 1890s. I think they 18... have 33, 34 All-Irelands won in football. Yeah, yeah. whereas my, right? my county, Donegal, has got two, you know, so so everybody wants to beat the Kerry men. So it's like the and, New York, it's like the Yankees and the Mets. Oh, yeah, yes. absolutely. And, yeah. And, and what's your yeah. county, Stephen? My county is, well, I was uh, born in Derry, but I went to school in Donegal, so I cheer for both teams. But if Donegal were playing Derry, I'd go for Donegal. All right. The Eloquence of Ireland's our gift today from Stephen McPhillamy and Liam O'Reardon. They're friends from the North and South of Ireland, and together we're enjoying the Irish gift for banter and good conversation. Those are the basic ingredients of a really good time Irish style. Now, Ireland's famous for its blessings and also its insults. (laughs) It's interesting because you've got these Irish blessings. Yes. How how would you bless a, a, a person from County Kerry? Because uh, you're from County Cork. With a hurley. <laughs> with a what? With a hurley. What's a hurley? So that's the stick that we used to play hurley. Oh, the stick. You'd bless them on the, uh, on the, head, the bump on the head. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or the baseball bat. Yeah. How would you bless somebody, Stephen? Oh, I like to say, uh, we had a great comedian once who used to always say, may your God be with you. So I always like to say that to them, may your God be with you. And then you always see them take a blank stare. With a, what? what did he just say? May your God be with you. Well, the one that I, I always live by is, um, may you be in heaven an hour before the devil knows you're dead. That's a nice one. Mm-hmm. That's a very nice That's, one. That to me is very complimentary. When Stephen's trying to do the county uh, Cork accent. He's having big difficulty. He just The accent. What, what are they, how do accents vary in Ireland, Liam? It's amazing for such a small country that each county has its own particular uh, accent. The Donegal one where Steve comes from is um, probably an abuse of the English language, to be honest, because they don't, you, you know, they don't pronounce their words properly and you going to put up with that? No, I'm just waiting to get the chance to intervene here. <laughs> so, see, a, a couple of years ago, uh, the Irish accent was voted the sexiest in the world, and then the Donegal accent was voted the sexiest in Ireland, so therefore... Well, their uh, language is better, obviously be... their language is better looking than their men. <laughs> we're, we're, in Donegal, where I'm from, it's very famous for its potatoes, you see, and in, in my county, Donegal, his county, Cork, are great rivals for... Growing potatoes were the two real potato counties. Was oh, that right? There's counties that are famous. I thought potatoes mm. were everywhere, but Aye, no. they used to be everywhere. But now these days, you're right. kind of restricted to the. They're the two big producers. Uh-huh. And in Donegal, I've heard that we have 56 varieties of potato. Now I've heard that you know Donegal men can talk about potatoes in the same way that a Frenchman would describe a grape. 
you know, like a Chardonnay, you know. Like we like a we like a dry, fluffy potato. You're driving through Donegal and there's big signs on the side of the road saying balls of flour for sale because that's what they look like once they're cooked, you know, they're like baking. Like balls flour. of flour. Yeah, and you'll see signs saying powdery balls for sale. Powdery <laughs> balls, <laughs> bragging about their potatoes. Yeah, but we call potatoes purties, P-U-R-T-I-E-S, purties. Uh-huh. And there's a poem we used to learn at school and we like to eat the potatoes you with the skins on. So the poem was, where do you come from, Donegal? How's your purties, big and small? How do you eat them, skins and all? Don't you choke? Not at all. <laughs> Hardly the stuff of Shakespeare. I saw a bunch of little girls selling potatoes on the side of the road once south of Dublin, and uh, there was some joke about the queen. Actually, there's a type of potato in Cork called queens. Is that yeah. it? And the, Well, the potato was originally... They were selling queens. That's what they yes. were doing. They were selling queens. queens bragging about yeah. it. I think that, correct me here maybe, but the, the potato was actually originally called the British Queen. That's right. But after independence, we dropped the British out of the Queen. Just called the Queen. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> once we were... I had you up the north, remember, when there was British Queens for sale, and then we down south, there was Queens for sale. That's it. And then I had a tour member one day, it said to me, all these signs on the side of the road, she said, I was explaining the types of potato because there's pinks for sale as well. Cares pinks. Cares pinks. It's very famous. And she said to me, who's dug daily? And I said, that's, they're fresh potatoes for God's sake. They're dug every day. The sign said, potatoes dug daily. And she said to me, who's dug daily? (laughs) (laughs) That's how, that's how we dig the potatoes. We dig them daily. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're digging potatoes in Ireland here with uh, Liam O'Reardon and Stephen McPhillamy. This is crack. This is what you do in Ireland is you you can hang out and talk. And uh, this Irish gift of gab, you know, you hear about the Irish gift of gab and you get there and you realize if you have a tough itinerary, you should throw it out the window because you are now in Ireland. You just want to connect with people. You want to enjoy the moment and you want to get into this art of conversation. And I am so charmed by the people I've met and the conversations I've had in Ireland, and I've been thinking about this compared to the Gaelic. Irish people obviously have a flair for the language and a joy in communicating in just a sparring kind of way, in a fun-loving way, in a clever way, in a comedy way, in a romantic way. Uh, And is it... I'm just curious about this. My own theory, Liam, is that it has something to do with coming from a Gaelic heritage, which might be a more flowery way or a creative way to communicate and then you might be wired that way and sort of translating literally from a Gaelic template. Therefore, the Irish gift of gab, whether in Gaelic or English, is different than the Danish or the German or the French gift mm. of gab. What's your thought on that? Well, I think because we've been oppressed over our rule for so long, um, we kind of had to make fun of ourselves. And, and I think to all sorts of, of adversity, we, we laughed at it. Eventually, we ended up laughing at each other and saying, you know, there isn't much more they can do to us. Um, funny thing about crack is that anytime Steve calls me or sends me a text message, the opening word is, any crack, sir? So, like, what's up? Yeah. What's yeah. up? Any crack? Sir? How to how to determine what crack is, it's almost impossible to put into words. Um, I remember when I was younger, maybe Steve remembers this, but if you were to go on a foreign holiday from Ireland, you went to the Isle of Man. Mm-hmm. And you got a boat in Dublin and you ended up in the Isle of Man, which is just a little island off the... Right. English ruled. But right. most of us went to the Isle of Man for our first foreign holiday. And uh, there's a song called The Crack Was 90 in the Isle of Man, which meant that we had so much fun in the Isle of Man that it nearly was 100, 100%. So it was a 9 out of 10. It was a 9 out of 10, yeah. That's the song? That's the song. So that means the Irish there were having a good time, they're on vacation talking to each well, other, or were, they, were you connecting with the locals? 
Well, we were connecting with the locals, but we, you know, we could. Uh, was, you, you were outside of Ireland. You brought the fun. With you brought you. you brought the fun with yeah, you. Yeah, I think you're more with your with your own tribe over yeah. there. That song refers to getting locked up in the prison over there because we drank so much and we were because I've chatting heard, up the women. I've heard people go to the Isle of Man from Ireland and they can be away from their sectarian divisions and they can just have fun and then they got to go back into their corners when they go back to the island. Maybe that was during the Troubles. Yeah, that would have been during the, the Troubles. troubles, troubles yeah. then, they got, then they say, got to go back to my tribe. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Thank goodness those days are a little, those days are pretty much old school now. Young, all gone, all gone, thank God. Really all gone. I, I love to think they're all gone. I, unfortunately, to my shame, I have to say, didn't go across the border to the north too often when I was young. Yeah. Mainly, I, I have to put my hand up and say I was probably afraid to go across the border because you didn't know what was going to happen. I used to go there to play sports and one weekend we went there and... Um, during the Troubles or after? Yes, during, during the, troubles. the Troubles. You went into the north? Yes. And uh, one weekend we went there and the hotel that we stayed in two weeks before had, was gone. It had been blown up. <laughs> and it, uh, is that the hotel in Belfast that's it was so, in Belfast, so yeah. famous for getting yeah, blown yeah, up? What, yeah. What's that hotel? It's the Europa the Hotel. Europa, yeah. I stayed there once. I said yeah. extra prayers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most bombed hotel in <laughs> Europe. I think. But, you know, having said that, I can honestly say that I crossed the border now and I have great fun. I think the people up there are amazing. Yeah. I think they're so uh, welcoming. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be giving Steve a big head when I say this, but thank God all those troubles are gone. Isn't that great? Yeah. So there's nothing inherently more friendly and charming and easygoing about a Catholic Irishman than a Protestant Irishman? That's the point I was about to make, because there's great crack up the north too, and our Protestant brothers in the north, if Belfast or Ballymena, wherever they may be, mm-hmm. they love the crack as well. Yeah, because you know, we're all, we're all a, part of this That's a very interesting yeah. thing to me, because I, I'm... Protestant as can be, and, and there is differences in sort of a approach to life between Catholics and Protestants, but in Ireland, you're Irish. Yeah, and obviously you have to respect the fact that the Protestant community will often uh, regard themselves as British, but there is definitely an Irishness about them because yeah. they love they love their singing and they love getting together and playing fun on each other and you know, we're great practical jokers and, you know, we well, have a dark Well, it's nice you're humor. at a point now where you can practical joke with each other instead of bomb each other. Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful thing. There's a place in North London called Cricklewood and uh, it's a very Irish area and we have 32 counties in Ireland and it's sometimes known as the 33rd county or as Liam would say, the 33rd county. <laughs> and that's, like, that's good. Which coming third. from you? Boom, boom. There's a, there's a, there's a great old uh, this song. Is the, this is a county, the, the extra county that's in London because there's so many Irishmen. Well, it's just, it's just it's a, a, it's affectionate a term, term yeah. for the right. place but full of paddies, full right. of Irish people. Right. And there's a great old tune and it, it says, uh, Oh mother, this is refers to the 1940s and 50s. Oh mother dear, I'm over here. I never will come back. What keeps me here is the smell of beer, the ladies and the crack. There you go, the crack. The what? crack was good in Cricklewood when Paddy went to Cullen. There were glasses flying and women crying. Paddy was coming to die. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm glad that the troubles are diminishing into the past and they become part of your heritage, but the present is more positive and peaceful. Yeah, the last few years have been incredible because, you know, you had the Queen come in 2011. That was a big deal. And there was a few protesters, but there was, Mm -hmm. you know, tens of thousands of supporters and there were a um, few people were oblivious to it, but overwhelmingly it was very successful and you have the Irish and English uh, sports teams playing each other and there's no real animosity anymore and, yeah, people have moved on. Ireland's becoming a, a more progressive, modern nation these days. That's the exciting thing about travel is it's a work in progress and uh, Ireland is one island and one nation that is so accessible. I get the thrill of thinking I'm understanding a foreign language everywhere I go. (laughs) And uh, the people are so, so darn ready to just have a good time. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been enjoying a little crack with our friends Liam O'Reardon and Stephen McPhillamy. Slancha.
Slánte. And uh, in, in, to say thanks for uh, coming by in in uh, the traditional Irish, Gorev Mahagot. It's a hundred thousand thanks. Again, please. Gorev Mila Mahagot. Gorev Mila Mahagot. It's a hundred thousand thanks. There you go. That's even more than Gorev Mahagot. Each year, Rick Steves tour guides take free-spirited travellers on escorted tours through England, Scotland, Ireland and beyond, one small group at a time. This year we're featuring tours of the best of Ireland, the best of Scotland, the best of England and London. For a free catalogue and Rick's Tour Experience DVD, visit the tour pages at ricksteves.com.